Welcome to Monday Monday. We're Joey and Emma, bringing you a new, real, raw parenting podcast series. Talking to experts, celebrities, parents, and influencers to shine a light on the areas of parenting that are overlooked, unspoken, or not Instagram worthy. We say that every day is a Monday for a mama. Please subscribe, like, comment, and follow our journey on Monday Monday. Joey Kendall Brown, Emma Sarabid. Thank you for listening! Joey, you know how much I struggled with breastfeeding the twins, especially when I was trying to store all of that milk? Oh my gosh, double everything. Yeah, well there's this new brand called Nano Baby who've launched in the UK and they've designed this bottle that stacks on top of each other. That sounds crazy. So I now can fit my food in the fridge and my bottles in the fridge and actually have room to put something else in it as well. (laughs) I mean, I'm literally so excited about it. And they designed the specific shape for breastfeeding mums and you know how much you loved breastfeeding? Oh my gosh, I was literally obsessed with breastfeeding pumping. And actually, I've seen Nano Baby popping up all the time on Instagram because it has such a unique design. And basically, you can pump directly into the bottle. All you need is an adapter. And you know how I used to worry all the time about preserving the nutrients and the breast milk that I'd spent hours and hours pumping? Yeah. Well, because it's that breast shape, it cools down and warms up twice as fast so it keeps all the goodness in. Do you know what? That is so important. I used to really worry about that when I was um, expressing with the boys. I know. And then if you drop any or spill any, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Guess who absolutely loves Nano Baby 2? Who? Your friend Kimberly Wyatt. No way. Do you know what? I actually did know this. Oh. And um, it was really nice to see because um, Max can really get involved in feeding Senna. And I think any parent, like, it's like one of the best products you can actually use. And I just wish it was available when I was um, feeding the boys. Oh my gosh, me too. I literally wish it was around. So whether you want to go back to work, get your partner involved, or just need a break, it's the perfect companion for your breastfeeding journey. It's available in John Lewis, Mamas and Papas, and on Nana Baby's website. So hello and welcome to this one week's Monday Mum Day. I'm Joey. And I'm Emma. Today we are getting up close and personal with one of the world's sexiest mamas, actresses, DJs, authors. It is the sensational Kimberly Wyatt from the Pussycat Dolls. I've got to say, I literally loved the Pussycat Dolls. I used to be a dancer and you were my favourite girl back. Oh, brilliant. So we are getting to know exactly what Kim thinks about juggling work, family, online pressures and pregnancy her third time <laughs> a huge congratulations, Kim. Thank it's you. Your third pregnancy. Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm feeling better now. I think I'm just getting over the first trimester hump, which was really difficult. Plus, being pregnant was so not an option in my head that I thought I was seriously ill in other ways until I finally finally took the plunge and found out, no, it's a baby. <laughs> One too many glasses of wine. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's starting to level out a bit. I'm just trying to stay active and not feel like I'm getting trapped in my body, mm. which can sometimes happen. So, no, I'm feeling pretty good. Good. Amazing. You look yeah. amazing. You do. Thank you. you look incredible. My great, boobs are big, great which boobs. is great. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Max, your husband's like, oh, my God. <laughs> But don't touch Buddy because these bad boys are painful. <laughs> Enjoy them while you have them because mine have shrunk now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> breastfeeding. That's yeah. game over. Game over for boobies. Um, so you've got both Willow and Maple. Do you feel physically and mentally prepared this time round? Yeah, probably more than ever, I feel physically and mentally more prepared. I'm in such a different place in my life now. Um, 
Willow's already at school. We're looking at Maple getting in school. She's up and moving around. Everybody's communicating. But we were so not planning for this. Like after I had my second baby, it's like, okay, it's time to get back to performing, reminding people and myself of what it is that I'm all about and what it is that I love to do. So I've been so forthright in pushing forward with that that now I'm in this performance mode and I'm pregnant. So it's a real interesting dynamic, but I'm just trying to celebrate that, celebrate as my body's getting bigger and still dancing and still teaching and still acting and doing all of those things and just kind of rediscovering who I am as a performer, as a mother and as a pregnant woman. Does it feel quite empowering as well, I guess? I think so. I'm getting to the empowering bit. Once the news is out and all my employers know, because it is scary. Yeah. Like, especially when you've not planned for a pregnancy and, you know, I've got quite a few little things in the pipeline. Getting over the line of telling people I've got a baby on the way and it is going to affect things a little bit um, is so scary. Yeah. And <clears throat> I had so many sleepless nights, but I'm finally getting over that hump and into the the better place of being like, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, and people are okay with this yes. and I'm okay with I'm it. I'm very okay with this. Cause I've got twin boys. And when you said you were having your third, I was like, ah, yeah. you're gonna know how it feels to be in pain cause it's hard work. Yeah. <laughs> we always joke about this. It's the juggle struggle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. yeah. So Kim, as a professional dancer, you have such a beautiful figure. Thank you. Um, but after giving birth to two beautiful babies and one on the way, mm -hmm. are you more proud now of your body and what it can do? I would really like to say yes to that. Um, your body is different. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes some time to embrace that, understand that, get to know that and explore what that means, mm -hmm. especially as a dancer. Um, but I developed uh, a bring your heels dance class after I had my second baby because it was like, okay, two cesareans later, which is very difficult to overcome, especially after almost 30 years of dancing. So I started learning how to create relationship with my feet and the ground and build muscles while I was um, sort of getting over the cesarean and healing and everything and just wanting to find a way to dance and express myself and get lost in music, which helped me kind of get in touch with me as a woman, yeah. as well as being me as a mum, because I found that I was getting lost in just the responsibility of being a mum and being a good mum and being there for my children and making sure they're emotionally and physically taken care of. And then I almost lost sight of, well, what about me? Yeah. Um, so bring your heels and continuing to dance and inspire other women and mums and people and kids and future dancers. It like is the most empowering thing. So I think for my body, being able to go out there and dance and give back to other people and have that sort of give and receive in those classes is just amazing and helps me embrace like, I'm cool with being me and whoever this is now and what it's going to be after, even through the saggy boobs after breastfeeding phase and the wiggly tummy phase and oh God, the, the, phase. the swollen water weight phase. Oh, yeah, yes. I'm just gonna try to embrace and celebrate and dance through it. And so do you have like a plan for this time around with pregnancy? Have you got like time put aside for when you're working out or like me time, that kind of thing? Or are you just kind of fitting it in when you can? I would say, Fitting it in when I can because the juggle struggle and making sure that I stay consistent with my career and with the kids lives is sometimes almost feels impossible. But definitely like I think that as a mum, being in a good place mentally is so incredibly important. 
So I definitely take time to go for my long walks in nature or jogs, clear my head, write in my journal, do my angel cards, got my essential oils, I've got crystals, I've got people to talk to, I've got blogs and things that I can go and read. Like I think filling my cup back up is so important. And then again, like making the time for dance and fitness just is, is brilliant. Now my husband Max is trained in Pilates and pregnancy Pilates, so he's really helping me through it. Because mm. there's so many changes it's that amazing. happen to your body. Hands-on personal trainer. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> hands-on. you need that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Depends on where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> Being first-time mums, we both um, felt incredibly nervous about how pregnancy, birth and beyond would affect us physically and mentally. Um, have you felt that pressure or uh, to feel a certain way or to look a certain way? Yeah, I definitely feel the pressure. I think once you have kids, you, you start feeling older. Yeah. You start feeling maternal, mm -hmm. which is different from, well, from my 20s and being a pussycat doll and being on stage and being fierce and being all those things. So this transformation is so interesting and fascinating, but daunting at the same time. And as you grow, as for me, as I grew as a pregnant woman, it's like my nose was changing shapes and your body is changing shapes and some of it doesn't go back to what it once was. So yeah, I would say like, to be super honest, there are so many days where I'm like, I want a nose job, I want my lips done, I want some Botox, I want <laughs> my tummy fix, like I just yeah. want everything done. I want somebody to just come and like fix it all for me. From here, you look immaculate. So. <laughs> I can't imagine you'd need anything doing. But I think that's where the wellness practices come in because I know that it's outside sources and pressures that ultimately make me feel that way. Yeah. So just trying to take back the control yeah. and do things that make me feel proud of what my body is, what it's accomplished and sort of where it's going. Yeah, I think it's a kind of acceptance, yeah. isn't it? Don't you yeah. think that, you know, things, things are gonna evolve and are gonna change and you just got to accept it and go, okay, it is what it is. I've got beautiful children. I accept it and and I embrace it. And then you move forward. I mean, I still resent it personally. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you've got to do go through some things to get the yeah. amazing end result, don't you? Yeah. Um, but going back to like pressures, do you feel any specific areas such as like the online pressures on your confidence and like your mental health? Yeah, I think all media is filled with pressures, yeah. even people aren't meaning to. I think people feel pressure. I feel even talking about my pregnancies and what I want to accomplish and what I'm doing, I feel like is a pressure um, because I want to stay active and I'm still working and all those things where I remember, Emma, when you were pregnant with your twins, like it took you out for quite yeah. some time and I getting mean, back uh, into work was difficult. Yeah, um, hugely, about five months mm. of just hell mm. and just bury down the hatches, be at home and just be a mum and well, learn to be a mum. Yeah. And then just, yeah, I was barely out of the house. And it's quite isolating, isn't it? Yeah, mm. absolutely. That is the massive thing I found is isolation, yeah. actually. Yeah. And I think, like, in my first pregnancy, I was getting to that point. I was knitting a baby blanket and watching Judge Judy during the day and, like, living the mum life. Yeah. Whereas, you know, two kids later, a third pregnancy, it's like, no, i got to go out. i got to make money. i got to take care of the family. There's no time for that. I'm not taking any time off work. I'm going to work till the day I walk in for my third cesarean. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's a much different thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll take the six weeks to heal, but then i got to get straight back into shape because I've got plans for next year that I need to, to feel good and confident. Mm -hmm. So it's like this pregnancy is different. 
Yeah. It's much different. Yeah. Do you think that having been in the, the public eye through the Pussycat Dolls, that helped you prepare yourself for how you might be kind of um, under pressure within the, the social media world? I think dance prepared me. Dan I've never been a confident girl. I'm very shy in social situations. That's been me since I was a little girl. Um, but when I walked in the dance studio, it was about being able to do the turns and jumps and leaps and choreography and look in the mirror and be like, oh, I like what I see. I like what I can do. And that's where I found my confidence. So I think that I always have to have dance in order to feel true and real to me and to help me step outside of my shy girl self. Mm. So I know as long as I'm dancing, I'm in a good space. Do you worry about how this might affect your girls in the future? Um, how, how can you build confidence in the next generation? You know, massively, mass, it's a huge passion of mine. Um, through dance I met Baroness Sue Campbell at the House of Lords. It was amazing. I was speechless for 30 seconds before <laughs> I could even communicate. But I became an ambassador with the Youth Sport Trust and I learned a lot through speaking with them, through speaking with uh, neuroscientist Baroness Susan Greenfield. You can look up like her chats online if you're interested. Mm. But um, we're at a tipping point when it comes to kids and social media and what it's yeah. doing to their confidence. Mm -hmm. And some statistics came back that between the ages of six to eight is when you decide about how you feel about your body and your confidence and it lasts for the rest of your life. Wow. Oh, so I've been trying to find ways to bring dance and wellness, wellness and dance through, or wellness and fitness through dance to primary schools to try and start planting emotional awareness and seeds to help yeah. combat the social media generation. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think having a great distraction as well, like, yeah. and being active is exactly what's needed. Yeah. I think dance fills a lot of voids that we don't pay attention to yeah. Yeah. in physical education. Yeah. You know, lots of girls don't want to sweat now because they're worried about how they're going to look on the gram or you know, they, they don't want to do certain physical activity where yeah. I think dance is quite inclusive and gets everybody involved. Well, and it's also, it's inspiring, isn't it? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, these girls will essentially want to be like you when they grow up and mm -hmm. to get there, they've got to do the dancing, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're kind of like overcoming the embarrassment of sweating and stuff mm -hmm. um, to to be in girl bands and yeah. like you as well. Oh God, I was never a good dancer. Kim, you're gonna have to work on me. <laughs> it took me you. forever to learn a routine, um, but I loved it. Even though I wasn't the best, I loved trying. And you know, and I always say that I think I was the be better dancer for being the, taking that bit longer to learn the routine. Yeah. And then once I got it in, but yeah. That was like me. I actually went to ballet school for Ten years. Oh my god! Um, so I danced every day for five and a half hours, but I was always the slowest at picking everything up. I'm not very good at picking things and up. And I, I wasn't mm. sexy until I got boobs. And then I got my boobs, and then I was like, suddenly, <laughs> I feel good. No, it's pussycat doll, <laughs> or not? Um, but how or what advice would you give women that are feeling so unconfident after being pregnant and giving birth? Because for me, I literally was so depressed. I cried all the time, as you were saying earlier, like this wobbly skin, your saggy boobs, but you're doing a good thing. Mm. Like, how do you regain that confidence? For me, I think it's about setting aside some time to reconnect with yourself and your body mm -hmm. and finding ways to love it, which is way easier said than done. And not everybody can find that in the same way. So mm -hmm. I feel like it's going out there, finding the time to go out there 
and take on some opportunities and seeing how it makes you feel, whether it's a fitness class or a dance class or going for a jog or spending time in nature or yoga or hot yoga. Like there's just so many options that I feel like it's important to try a few out because I've met some women who've had their children and ran their families and they're, you know, later on in their life and they just, they never did that. And they, they, they don't even recognize their own selves or their own bodies because they've sacrificed it for everybody. And I feel for them and I feel like a real purpose of like, you deserve, you deserve some time and space in your life as well. And it will be better for everything. That's the one thing I noticed. It took me about six months to actually think, okay, I'm going to leave Knox on his own Mm -hmm. and do something for myself. And then you're a better mum. It's so tough, isn't it? Leaving the baby. I mean, I haven't got there yet. Boys are seven months and I have not taken one fitness class. And that used to be everything that I did do. And so I do feel like I'm losing part of me. And maybe that's why, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the reasons what created Monday Monday was getting something of me back. Yeah. And and now I just need to do it physically. Um, We know that you do bring your heels and you sort of have mums coming to these classes you have you know um children coming to these classes um this i think would Im- empower a lot of women how does that make you feel having um, brought this to the table the, yeah hmm. i think having a purpose in life makes everything worthwhile mm-hmm. and it changes everything and it gives you just feel so much more beneficial with every choice that you make because it has a meaning behind it mm-hmm. And for me, it's like being able to reach and touch lives and change lives and make these transformations in the hour that they spend with me. It's the, it's the best feeling have in the world. Have you got any success stories? I've had women that have come who used to dance way back when, had an injury, gave it up forever, and it's given them the confidence to just give it a go again, and they're just elated afterwards. I've had women who've come with, that have been dealing with chronic pain for years, but just sort of moving and getting outside of their head and their body a little bit through dance and music just like brings them to tears afterwards. It's just, yeah, it's just amazing to see what it can do, how it can transform. What can we expect in a class with you? So I start with three attributes. The warm-up is called BU. So it's going through a lot of ballet and yoga fusion moves, but just bringing you back down to yourself and your breath and just slowly moving through that. Then we go through some jazz isolations, moving one body part independently of the other. And by BU, I mean explore what your body can do. So if you're doing something as simple as a shoulder roll, like really see where that shoulder can go, really explore your neck, your ribs, your knees, whatever that might be. A little bit of strength and stamina, of course, always needed. And then we go into Be Fearless, which is learning some choreography. So I teach four eight counts. Once they kind of got it, we do it 10 times in a row, straight. And it's being fearless enough to know you might not get it straight away, but by number eight or nine, you might just do it as long as you stay focused and believe in yourself. Then we do another four, eight count, same thing, 10 times in a row. And then we end with be authentic, which is just choosing an emotion, staying true to you, applying it to the choreography and just getting lost in the music, finding your fears, pretending like you're on stage and performing so that the person in the very back row can see and feel that dance just as much as the person in the front row. So it's like pulling you outside of yourself and being like, allow yourself to be big and bad enough that everybody (laughs) in that room can feel it. (laughs) Do you think you can give us a little bit of a taster of what to expect and maybe teach us 
how to push a buggy with sass. Of course I can. Great. So Absolutely. Everyone can watch us on Instagram yes. after Emma and I have found our sexy money We are going to bring again. our heels and we're going to do it in heels yes. as well. Okay. I love it. Yes. Perfect. Let's do that. Fierce mummers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we all have our ups and downs as parents, but how do you pull yourself out of a rut if you're feeling really low, juggling sleep deprivation and obviously pregnancy again? Um, Support a family amazing friends I think time away at the Lake District to go for a walk like yeah. Max and I and Emma and Danny once a year go and do it sort of usually January time and it just sets us up for the year which is just soul replenishing mm -hmm. and also I'm lucky enough to have such a supportive amazing husband and um, my mother-in-law helps with the kids during the week for all the nanny daycare and stuff so just taking a second sometimes to go and do my wellness practices or have a nap and, and refill my cup, yeah. um, I think is just, it's so important. Or otherwise it's just um, going to bed really early. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good one, isn't it? With a yeah. glass of wine or without one? <laughs> well, at the minute, no. <laughs> Not unfortunately. Um, how do you and your husband, Max, divvy up your sort of home life and parenting activities? For instance, you know... Me and uh, Danny um, have this thing where I say, right, I will do the cleaning and you will cook dinner, which inevitably... I thought you were going to say, I will do the cleaning, I will cook dinner, you just chill. <laughs> oh, God, that would never happen with twin boys. But, yeah, we have our own kind of way of getting through because that's what we do as parents. I think you just get through. Have you got a system that works for you? Um, and, and is there a formula that's adapted over time? Because now you're into your third pregnancy. Have you learned things from your first two that you're going to use for this time round to make it that bit easier? Like, what do you do? I think we've sort of fallen into a pattern where I usually get up in the morning. I get the girls dressed and ready for school. We go downstairs. We I start I make all the breakfast and get the snack box ready and do all of that. Um, Max is great at sort of picking up around the house, keeping it tidy, doing all the do-it-yourself jobs. Um, but I guess in like nap time, that usually falls on me. Um, and then at night time, you know, I make the breakfast, lunch and dinner. Cool with that. But Max can cook as well. So sometimes he gets in and, and does some of that. Um, nighttime, we, we really split it. So I'll give Maple a bath first. And then once she's done, I'll get Willow in the bath and Max continues with that. I go give Maple the bottle to get her to bed. Max takes Willow into her bedroom and reads her a bedtime story. We're at Road Doll at the minute. I think he's on the like, nice. fifth or sixth book. They're the best books. And it's brilliant. Yeah. Enchanting little books. Yeah. And it's great because that's like his time to have some time with Willow yeah. and for them to bond. Yeah. And I guess we just try and find ways to do it together as well. Like we'll do a lot of school runs as a family. Yeah. Um, or at the weekends, we'll walk the dog together and go to the lake and feed the ducks and mm -hmm. stuff. And there's just times where I'm like, I'm a bit fed up. Can we like tag team it? It's your turn. Yeah. What are you cooking for dinner tonight? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. nice to change it up sometimes. Yeah. And also, do you appreciate that time with him after the girls have gone to bed and it's just the two of you? I do. We really do. Um, I would say now that I'm pregnant for the third time, that time, as soon as, as, soon as I get the girls to bed, I'm like, oh, I'm really feeling pretty tired. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so it's, I think it's really tough for us at the minute. Yeah. Um, 
because I get up early and he has a little bit of a lion. Mm. And so when I get the girls to bed, it's like, oh, I got to get up early. I need some sleep. Mm, yeah. So I Sounds feel like, like house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I do feel like, you know, we're, we're more of a team than a couple mm. at sometimes when it comes to mm. parenthood. I think that's really great to admit, actually, because I know myself, I like to think that we're still a couple. Yeah. Um, but my husband is definitely, like, quite affected by the fact that it's not him and I anymore. It's probably me and Knox more than him and I. Mm. Um, it changes just, everything, yeah. doesn't it? It does, and I just... The one thing that is the saving grace is this doesn't last forever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, these are the only years we get with our little babies, mm -hmm. as little as they're going to be. Mm -hmm. As soon as they start walking, they, they start their, like, trail away from you. Yeah. So, you know, when Willow is coming, wanting to sleep with Mummy every night and, and whatnot, and at first it was a bit like a, is that loud or is that not yeah. allowed? It's like... Well, we're animals and you read all this stuff about how beneficial it is and it's like that's not going to last forever yeah. i am going to treasure every night she wants to come in yeah. and cuddle with me mm -hmm. and then we're going to have maple coming in and cuddling and then the third one's going to want to come yeah. in and cuddle so we've got some time so you're pro <laughs> sleeping then because yeah. I, I totally get where you're coming from with that but i just find that so hard for me having being a twin mum, i find that if i don't have a regimented routine and be really strict with the, the bedtime especially I will never get any rest and I I feel like I have no time at the moment at all and so even though I want to do that yeah. I feel like I can't because I feel like I haven't got the luxury of time and you know if I was to let one one boy into the bed then you know what about the other one you'd feel guilt for that then equally you know you deserve one twin and then then you're up all night and then it's 24 hour clock and you're you know you have to start the next yeah. day so part of me feel I, I'm saying it because I feel like twin pet mum parents I think they're going to find that they want to do it but they, they, they can't, can't. there might not be enough room yeah exactly <laughs> for two little yeah. sausages in bed with you well yeah. I think it's nice Max is really good about keeping a schedule and staying really regimented yeah. with it and whatnot. and so it's really helped push me of like once bath time and ha happens and whatnot, I don't go straight to bed and get all cuddly with the baby it's mm. like no We've got our things, we take them to the bedrooms, we give them their bottles, we get them cozy in bed, they have to go to sleep in their yeah. own rooms. Yeah. If they wake up in the middle of the night yeah. and I can't be bothered to like sit there and try yeah. and get them back to sleep, they're gonna end up in bed with yeah. them. That's, that's, that's the compromise. Well. Yeah. Like I actually got there longer, it took me quite a while to get to that point because I was all like, I don't care about routine. We don't have a routine as a couple, so how can we make Knox have one? Because one minute we're out at lunchtime, the next minute we're not having lunch till four o'clock. So mm -hmm. you just can't force that on a child. And I almost wasn't willing to give up my lifestyle to um, be more structured for him. And I think now we've got that routine where one of us does the bedtime routine and then we get to watch Line of Duty together. Yeah. And then I'm off to bed. So. I think the routine is so incredibly important. Yeah. From almost the time they're born yeah. there's that week or two where they're just you know you're around the clock with them yeah. but then soon after that and max is the one that's like really strict with mm -hmm. it but i'm so proud of it because i wasn't sure how i wanted to do it. i wanted to be baby-led or i wanted to be parent-led mm -hmm. but for me i think parent-led is the way forward mm -hmm. for the most part i think intuition is really important yeah. sometimes being parent-led and being on schedule just isn't what that baby needs that yeah. day. And they well, just... I've seen it stress so many women out because they're like, I have to be home at one o'clock to make sure yeah. my baby's yeah. my baby's I was yeah. like this. I was like this up until last week. 
and then I started to go out and connect with other uh, other mums and this is like six and a half months down the line and then I realised oh, actually I can take the babies out and feed them yeah. I've got parents who can help me do it yeah. and so now I've kind of relaxed on that because it's true routine is very important but every now and again it's not going to it's not going to always happen the way that you wanted to yeah. and to just relax into it and so thank you for that because that's what I'm going to do now in the yeah. bedtime routine put them to bed but if they wake up in the night and it's going to you know make them feel calmer um then obviously they can come into my yeah. room and have a snuggle so yeah. i will do that kid i thank think you. why yeah. not why not like yeah. it's it's much easier for you as you say i can't be bothered to stay up in the middle of the night so yeah. if he's getting in my bed he's getting in my bed yeah <laughs> which which i do feel sorry for men in some of those situations mm. because i think as women we do sacrifice a lot of ourselves for our children mm. and uh, the husband or the man sometimes does get, get put on the out, back yeah. burner a little bit but I do ultimately feel like it doesn't last forever mm. and him and I will yeah. last yeah. forever yeah. and we will always pick back up where we left off and previously I mean work and stuff has taken over a bit we'd always have one night a month where we go out and have dinner together yeah. and go to a film and like reconnect yeah. which I think is important so too because I you, as a mom, you do get to a point where you can kind of almost forget the fact that there is a man in the room that helped make this child yep. and is a huge part of your yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that's fair. No, no. So not it's fair, like not trying fair. to be aware of that. And, and also, no, there's an end, end point that, yes, it's going to be tough now, but it's not forever. Let's just enjoy it, embrace it for now, accept that it's really hard work, but that you're going to get that time back together. I think so. I think that's what, for me, I, that was the biggest shock was, oh, I've not had one moment with Danny to spend together. One, one moment. And, you know, apart from the lakes, every January yeah. we've done that. But um, that was the only time that I had with it, I've had with him. Yeah. But I'm going to try and do that as well. We do it. Once we try and do it. Um... It's easier if you have family around. Um, but with regards to that, do you have like mum guilt when you feel like you have to leave the girls? Or do you feel like this is work, I'm looking at the bigger picture and in the long run it's gonna help them out. So even if I'm not with them all day today or maybe all week, um, you just think of the bigger picture. A Little bit of both. I believe in balance for everything. And I think if anything, being married, having family, having kids, having a house has really really taught me what being grounded means and having foundation means. And leaving my children for the first time was like, oh, guttural. Like, oh, I just yeah. felt so guilty and it was horrific. And my milk dried up within the day and it was... <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I realize now is like, you know, I wanna lead by example. So I want, I want my girls to see me out there doing what I love, what I'm passionate about, what makes me happy. Cause I want them to be happy individuals when they grow up. Yeah. And I want to hopefully lead by example. But there's times where I'm acting and I've been in Wales for a week or so, and then I've been DJing and then I've been doing something else. And I'm like, well, my balance is off. Where's my kids? Where's my family? Yeah. And so I, feel like I'm really on it and being able to acknowledge that and then divvying up the balance. Yeah. And then I'll be with the kids and the family and, you know, get the ponytail on top of the head and sweatpants for a month. And I'm like, <laughs> uh-oh, I've lost myself on this bit and I need to go figure out that bit. So I, I think it just really has helped me acknowledge what balance means for us and our family and our yeah. children. Yeah. Um, for me, being a mother to twins... I found that I never had time out to rest and just, well, I still haven't, to be honest. Um, and the only choice that I had was to have the boys go into nursery at five months old. 
And, um, but along with that came the sense of being a failure as a mother, to be honest, not being able to cope. Um, have you experienced a feeling like that in your, you know, three pregnancies? Or have you got, you know, have you got the support network, network around you to help? I'd say we, we were fortunate enough to hire a nanny quite early on, um, which I know not everybody is able to do, and was still quite difficult. But I felt like having the kids in the house always made me feel connected and okay. Um, but actually, after seeing your twins and what nursery has done for them, even at such a young age, it's like the independence, their ability to be around other babies and everything. I think nursery is actually a brilliant thing. Yeah. Whereas for me, it's been more having a nanny in the house or a mother-in-law in the house helping me take care of stuff. And then I have a gymnastics class or uh, a heart beeps class or a music class or something. So they're getting out and socializing. Mm -hmm. But I think ultimately it's like whatever works for us. Yeah. And mentally, like, yeah. babe, I remember watching you with the twins and I always have loved the idea of twins, but the reality is sometimes harsh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you to me. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that you've been able to find your balance and your spark and your light again and having a bit of nursery as a help yeah. has done that. Mm -hmm. I think everybody should do what they need to to find their spark. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think, I think for me, I... I, I was worried about being judged and I didn't realize that that was what it was but then I realized I'm worrying about what other people think when actually all that matters is that I'm healthy that boys are happy and are doing well that me and Danny are okay and so sometimes you've just got to say I can't do all of this and and I think that's to parents who are listening to this um don't feel a failure don't feel a pressure do what like you were saying do what works for your family and ultimately that will be a happier parent and which is a better parent i mean we've all done different things haven't yeah. we yeah that's the thing there's not one fixed for every family it's just finding what works for you and i think it's also like i think because as soon as you fall pregnant it's like oh my god what am i gonna do yeah so you go out looking for all this information looking for opinions looking for comments looking for all of this stuff and then you're just filled with all these opinions and pressures and I think a lot of people come with an opinion, but it's like, that's the only way. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's and annoying, isn't it? It's Like, tough. I feel so much mum shaming going on. Like, I lot. was in the park yesterday eating pizza, whilst Knox watched Peppa Pig, and I could see mum's, like, looking, like, what is she doing? And I was like, it's four o'clock, I haven't had any lunch, he's been at nursery settling mm -hmm. in, um, and he needs a little snack, I need a snack, yeah. and if he has to watch Peppa Pig for five minutes whilst it cools down, then so what? Like. Yeah. I'm not giving him TV all the time. Um, I think people see a snapshot and make a judgment, and this is a thing. For me, I've, I've experienced that, and I've only, you know, we're, I'm ve we're both new, new parents, aren't we? And I found that it, that was the most suffocating thing, and I think we just need to all give each other a break yeah. and accept that parenthood is really hard, mm -hmm. and we have to find ways of making it that little bit easier, mm -hmm. don't we? Mm-hmm. I actually think I was the opposite. I actually pushed other people's opinions away and almost wanted to do the opposite of what they were telling me because I wanted to find my own feet. Yeah. Um, and as a mum, I was so frightened about being a good one that at least if you do things wrong, you know that it's only your fault at the yeah. end of the day and you can't blame anyone else, can yeah. you? Um, so that's, I definitely was bad at doing that. But what does mama time mean to you? Like, does that mean spending time with the girls or does that mean having your own personal time to yourself? Oh, that's an interesting question. I think um, when it comes to mama time, it's being with the girls mm -hmm. and supporting whatever it is that they love 
and just being able, even if we're just hanging out in the playroom, it's making myself sit there and just be with them. Because I've always got something to do. There's always a house to clean, a dishwasher to fill, a bottle to rediscover, a bed to be made. Like, I could fill my time with stuff all the time. But I think just sitting in the same room as your kids and just spending that time in whatever they want to do or getting outdoors with them or getting on the trampoline with them or just, just being there, I think is so important. And there's times where I get so wrapped up and I need the perfect house. It yeah. needs to be spotless. Mm-hmm. That I've the kids are almost like can feel mom just running away from them all the time, trying yeah. to get all these things done. So I think tidying up time, the toys before they played with them. Totally. <laughs> Don't you mess that up? I just cleaned yeah. up. <laughs> so I think mama time is almost just stopping caring about the mess that there might be, or the thing that needs to be done, or the email that needs to be answered, and just being like, nah, it's about my kids, yeah. about my girls. Yeah, I felt that, mm. definitely. Do you think um, society puts pressure on women to have it all? And this is like career, family, wealth, body image. I wouldn't even... Yes. Yes, I think society does. I think we as women do. Mm. We live in the Me Too movement and an equality movement and a Go Women movement. Mm. And that means picking up... <clears throat> you know, if we're saying we're equal with men... <sighs> Yeah. That means being able to work just as hard as them, mm-hmm. work as many as hours, if not more, be just as successful, even though we still don't get paid as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we put a huge pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. to do all of that as well as bear children and have children mm-hmm. and be perfect mums and do all the right things. Mm-hmm. It's an unreal amount of pressure. It really yeah, is. It is. Yeah. I think what you were saying earlier is that it's great that you have a balance with Max as well. Yeah. So he can step up and like have the girls whilst you're going off to work and things um so rather than putting the pressure all in yourself you're still having the career but max is stepping up as a man as well Mm -hmm. yeah i think we're kind of the modern family Mm -hmm. and being in the entertainment industry almost kind of means that because as a model he's constantly flying to the most gorgeous places around the world (laughs) making me jealous and looking (laughs) looking hot or leaving me at home with the girls but at the same time then i'm filming and then he's filming and we just sort of work it together as a team Whereas some families, some women, some marriages, you know, they're different. The guy goes out and has the nine to five or you both have your nine to fives. So I think the dynamic is so different for everybody. But the amount of pressure right now in this crazy world is unbelievable. And how we deal with it, no idea. But I think just having those, the wellness and the balance and the awareness of yourself is so important because I don't think there's a a right answer or an answer at this point. No, I don't think there is. And that's, I think, the scariest thing. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I mean, already, like, I'm like, okay, October, I'm having this baby. I need to be ready and on stage by January. Like, what (laughs) kind of pressure is that? November. (laughs) (laughs) That is intense. That That is huge pressure. But I'm ready for it. Yeah. I think it being the third one, it's like I'm going to prepare myself and it feels like the most courageous challenge of my lifetime is both mm-hmm. as a person performer and as a mother. So I'm just trying to, I think perspective is everything. Yes. Yeah. Just like with hypnobirthing and stuff. Like Did I, you hypnobirth? I practiced for practice, I was yeah. going to. Yeah, unfortunately, Willow had one leg above her head. The entire pregnancy. Dancing already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> so it was cesarean for me. Second time as well. She was head down the whole time, then flipped, and we couldn't get her to flip. Another cesarean. Um, so, yeah, I think um, 
ultimately it's what you take upon yourself and as much pressure as there is out there and there is I think we put it on ourselves as well we want it all what advice would you give women that are looking to go back to work um I don't know if I'm the perfect person for it because taking time off for me has never been an option um but maybe that's a good perspective because for me the option was there and I think that I actually dragged out time before I got like before going back to work and became more anxious yeah because the longer you leave it the more you're like oh I've spent so much time now my child knows that I'm at home all the time and then you kind of like fear the worst don't you yeah and I think like we were saying with the hypnobirthing a lot of of that really gave me new perspective because it really is just about changing your perspective on pain and pretending that it's more a pressure mm -hmm. and just making those little tweaks so I think for for me this being my third pregnancy like I'm ready to stay jogging as long as possible stay dancing as long as possible work until the day I walk in for that cesarean take some time off and then I'm gonna be right back at it um, there's a part of me that feels really excited about that because it doesn't ever allow for me to get lazy mm -hmm. or have an excuse or any of those things. Whereas previously it was like, oh, I'm going to eat meringues every Friday. I want to put my feet up. Oh, I'm not feeling too good, babe. Can you handle everything today? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, I think in some elements, it, you know, needing that time was one thing, but I felt like I could lean on that excuse a little bit, whereas this time there's just no room for it. Mm -hmm. But I, like, again, no pressure for anybody because everybody has a different life and a different yeah. experience and a different body and all of that. So I don't think that there's one right way. It's but. almost like having the perspective of the second pregnancy on the first, because mm -hmm. then you're not as frightened to go back to work. There's no, like, prospect of not doing it because you've already done it once, mm -hmm. isn't there? And it's quite scary. Like, the first time you go for a jog and you have a baby in your tummy, that feeling of, mm -hmm. like, all that pressure down there and feeling like you're going to wee yourself and whatnot is like, oh, I'm never going to do that again, mm -hmm. yeah. which would happen. Mm -hmm. Whereas this time it's like, okay, I feel it. I feel like things have fallen out down there. Okay, I gotta focus on my pelvic floor. I gotta pull up through that core. I've gotta wrap around that belt. I've gotta hold this baby in and, and use those muscles mm. so we can jog together. We're in this together. Mm. And the same with like dancing. I'm still gonna be teaching and be on Royal Caribbean, teaching on cruise ships and stuff. So for me and this baby, we're having an experience together. Mm -hmm. First pregnancy, I performed with Willow live on Got to Dance on Sky One at six months or seven months pregnant. And wow. it was like, okay, this is an experience we're having together. It's <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's already been on TV. Yeah. <laughs> You've already been on TV, baby. Yeah. You weren't even born yet. It's amazing. Um, Monday Monday podcast series is all about how hard parenthood can be. Um, what have you found most challenging and why do you think people don't talk about it? Breastfeeding mm -hmm. was hugely challenging for me. I loved the idea of it and I loved doing it and at the hospital it was fine and I would just stay up all night and dope on my baby and breastfeed and come home I was like I've got this then I realized that my baby's mouths were quite small the latch wasn't quite perfect and my nipples went so scabby and hurt so bad it was some of the worst pain I think I've ever felt and I really wanted to persevere through it but I felt like you know, a midwife would come over or someone would come check and they would have all these things. Well, you're not doing it right. Mm. Yeah. Well, you've got to do it like this. Well, I feel like I am doing yeah, it like you're that. You're trying your best. <laughs> I'm trying my best. 
but everybody have this different opinion about how I'm doing it wrong, and it would just be soul-destroying. Yes. To the point where it's next baby, somebody would come over and ask me how breastfeeding, it's fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Whatever's going on, I'm still scabby. I'm not going to show you my nipples. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell you it's Did fine. Did you use those <laughs> nipple shields? I used nipple shields, yeah. That got me through Willow's breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And then Maple, I went through the excruciating pain of the scabbiness and everything. She wouldn't latch on to the breast shields. She wouldn't use it. She didn't like the feel of it. So we actually kind of got through it, persevered, and then came to a place where it was okay. I made it six months breastfeeding with her. I was so proud. It was only two months with Willow. Um, whereas this pregnancy... But even two months is amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what people need to think. Like, any amount of time, even if it's like one week, mm -hmm. um, I just don't think people feel allowed to not want to do it and stuff like that. I personally think that there needs to be more support for midwives to be able to allow themselves a month, say, to be coming regularly to that um, woman's house and helping them establish breastfeeding. Um, you know, a couple of times saying, oh, they're not latching on, this is how they latch on and see ya, is not enough. They need, I need to know how how long should they be on the breast for? How do you do it with twins, for instance? You know, I mean, that is a whole new world, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I've got to feed them every three hours, how does this physically work? Um, you know, I think there needs to be more done for midwives agree, yeah. to be able to support because I think midwives want to. But there's offer no budget, so I've had this discussion with so many people, and that's why I was saying before we started recording, like. Ha staying in hospital, I actually was in for a week in the end, but that week was like a blessing for me because I had a midwife on hand every time I wanted to breastfeed and therefore when I came home with a baby with 90% tongue tie, I could still breastfeed and it was all great and actually mm -hmm. bottle feeding was the struggle for us. Mm -hmm. um, so I agree, like yeah. that is the one thing that I would love. Yeah. Like Something needs to be done. Um, so why don't you think people don't talk about it, how hard parenthood is? I think because we've been born into a world where it's been this glossy, amazing glow and everything is great because I don't think, I, maybe because they don't want people to feel scared of doing it because it is so hard. Yeah. Do you think it's failure as well? It's almost like they think, see it as a way of admitting they're failing even though it's not failing, mm -hmm. it's just tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like no matter what you're doing, there's always going to be the opposite opinion. Mm -hmm. So I just don't think you can win. So it's like finding the confidence <laughs> in, in you and your intuition is an individual or family journey. Mm. And it's like, you know, two weeks breastfeeding was like, or two months was great. Six months was like huge. This one, I, I don't even know if I am going to breastfeed. I might do two weeks. Yeah. And knowing that there's going to be pressures and um, shaming and opinions being thrown around that. So I feel like I feel like people almost just try and keep it glossy because they don't want to enter into the world of being told they're doing it wrong. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Finally, if there was one piece of advice you wish you'd been told before having kids, what would it be? Hmm. One piece of advice. I would probably say the schedule. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have known about how well or had examples of like parent-led doing the schedule bit because we had to figure that out for ourselves luckily we did it quite early on but um that and the pelvic floor oh yeah the pelvic floor like how is the pelvic floor not something we all know about like, I, I feel like luckily you get max told, is going to help us out I think yeah. you're told initially you should be thinking about your pelvic floor 
but you don't get told that if you don't do it, you're going to have problems. Like, mm. you know, I knew that I needed to make sure my pelvic floor was good during pregnancy. Then obviously giving birth to twins naturally, you know, I have had a few accidents since the babies have been here. And trying to remember to do your pelvic floor is one thing. When you've got a billion other things to be thinking about, it's the last thing you do. Yeah. The last thing you do is for yourself, I think, I'm finding. And so the pelvic floor is a massive problem for me. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to speak to your husband about how to get this because I know he sort of looks into this for the pregnancy Pilates. So it's something I'm going to have a chat with him about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, tough. I think that probably the biggest piece of advice I wish I would have had is knowing that it's in your control. Mm -hmm. The whole experience is in your body and in your power. Seeing so many films and stuff, I'd always see this woman lying on the hospital bed, feet up in the stirrups, and it's all just kind of being done for her. Whereas, luckily with hypnobirthing, a lot of things I learned along the way, what was the most empowering thing was like, your body is made to do this, you're made to do this, you can do this. Mm -hmm. Even though I had to have a cesarean in the end, I felt like I was in control. Because yeah. I think there are times in a pregnancy where you feel like the baby and the bump just takes over. Yeah. And it can almost feel like a parasite, like it's taking all your nutrients and you just are left there to like give life to it. You sacrifice your body and your boobs and your vagina and, and your relationship, <laughs> your relationship. <laughs> totally time for yourself, like everything for it. Whereas I think um, feeling like a badass empowered woman is so important through a pregnancy and through the healing and through everything. Um, and it's, it's sad because I could go on Instagram and there's like badass mother birthers and it's all, um, you know, they, they show like what happens when the little head comes out of the vagina or show them in the, the tub in the water like doing it. And it's just amazing to see real images where I feel like a lot of that was so hidden and just like, oh, don't look at that. Was like, I want my girls to see that. Yeah. I want them to know. Yeah. What being a mum is all about. I filmed mine actually, and then I showed my friend like two weeks before she was giving birth, and she was like, "I did not want to see that." Well, it was like literally just him getting put onto my I body, and there was wow. so much blood everywhere. Um, but yeah, as you were saying earlier, like the feeling, like your b body just does it, doesn't it? I was like, "He's coming!" Like they say, stop pushing at a certain point if you're not like wide enough dilated, um, and I was like it doesn't matter if I stop pushing, I can feel my body like literally moving him, his shoulders going down through, it's wow. it's so surreal. Um, but as you say, totally empowering, even but though I, I think, hated but I think, pregnancy. I would think that a lot of women go in feeling quite scared of what's happening yeah. to them. Whereas I think being able to be on top of that, mm -hmm. whether it's hypnobirthing or speaking to other people and going in like, all right, let's do this I've yeah. got my yoga ball I'm gonna walk if I need to stretch if I need <laughs> yeah. to get in the bath if I need to like this is my room and my experience yeah, yeah. I think is amazing oh so, yeah Kim it's been amazing yes. thank you so much thank for you. being part of thank Monday Monday thank you you are a spectacular guest and um I think a lot of women out there will feel less alone less mm -hmm. isolated for having heard your story yeah. um Thank you so much. Well, and thank you for having me. And I hope that any woman listening just celebrates their individuality and their own intuition and follows it and feels empowered by it. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Monday Monday. If you want to follow Kim and keep up to date with her Bring Your Heels journey, then please follow her at Kimberly Wyatt. As you know, every week, myself and Joey talk about a product we are loving at the moment. For me, Joey... It has to be yeah. the khaki blin 
nursing pillow. Now, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Kaki. Kaki blind. But that's exactly how it sounds phonetically. But you can basically buy it online um, on Amazon. It's about £10. What is it? It's a way of feeding uh-huh. your baby or babies um, by them lying on a pillow that basically holds a bottle for them. So they lie down, the pillow goes on them. Yeah, and the bottle they lie goes their head on the pillow and okay. there's another part to the pillow that holds a bottle. And so basically it's hands-free feeding babies. And for any twin mum out there, it was a game changer for uh-huh. us. All I would say is that you have to be present in the room. Don't leave to get a cup of tea or go to the toilet. You've got to be there because obviously you need to make sure that your babies are safe. And it, it, you know, it is safe, but you need to be present with your babies. So you can buy it on Amazon? Amazon, yes. How much? Around £10. Amazing. So for me, my product this week is going to have to be the Baby Beyond Carrier because it gives every single person in the family, whether it's a grandparent, a mother, a mother-in-law, a close bond with a child, and it gives you a hands-free moment. So people think, oh, you only need a carrier if you're walking to the shops and you don't want to push a buggy. Not true. If you want to hoover, you need a carrier. (laughs) If you want to go downstairs and upstairs, you need a carrier. Literally, we use it all the time. And as I say, the close bond for everyone else is the amazing thing it gives. They are so versatile. You can have them from newborn. I think it's actually like eight pounds um, is the starting weight for one of them. But they've actually just brought out a carrier mini so you can have that from newborn and it's really good if you have a premie because obviously your baby's going to be tiny and you want something it's a softer fabric that one is and oh my gosh I sound like I'm on QVC (laughs) (laughs) the other one that I have I think it's called the carrier one but I'm probably wrong. It comes in various different colors and you can spin it around, wear it on the back if you want to as well. So literally it takes you through the first couple of years of parenthood. That's amazing actually, because it'd be quite good for me to use for the boys because I Mm -hmm. could have one on my back and then one on my front. Yeah, I mean, you would literally look like the craziest mama out there, but you would have your hands free so you could text. (laughs) I know, that would be amazing. (laughs) You could be doing your Amazon order. Do you know what's... Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what's really good about it is um, that I assume it's really supportive for the back as well because my back is killing me from Mm -hmm. carrying the boy. So actually having something that holds the baby's weight would be great for grandparents and, you know. Exactly. And the reason I love the Baby Beyond one is because if your baby falls asleep, which is one of the reasons you use it because you pace up and down, um, you don't have to like manhandle them and poke their head through this strap and whatever. Literally, you just unclip it at the front. There's two clips at the top and two clips at the side. Unclip it, slide your baby off onto the bed and they won't even wake up. Half these other brands, some of the more expensive are so difficult to battle you've got like straps coming out of your ears and round your neck and it's like stressful just getting the child in in the first place but this is literally so easy the one tip I've been given is that so you know your baby's in the right position because obviously you're always like uh am I doing this right kiss their head if you can kiss their head whilst they're in the carrier obviously on the front then that is meant to be the correct position for the baby. And I know that there's a couple of zips inside as well, so you can have it for a newborn and you zip it so that it's not pushing their pelvis. Also, as I have been to a Baby Beyond demonstration, you're meant to tilt their pelvis, so you're seating it into a seated position rather than their coccyx kind of pointing back and out, so they are more comfortable in the carrier. God, I'm going to have to get these. They Mm. sound great. They literally are wonderful. 
Mm. Right, well, that's us for this week. Thank you so much for listening and we can't wait to talk to you next week. Yay! Just another Monday, I struggled with breastfeeding the twins especially when I was trying to store all of that milk oh my gosh double everything yeah well there's this new brand called Nano Baby who have launched in the UK and they've designed this bottle that stacks on top of each other that sounds crazy so I now can fit my food in the fridge and my bottles in the fridge and I actually have room to put something else in it as well <laughs> I mean I'm literally so excited about it and they designed the specific shape for breastfeeding mums and you know how much you loved breastfeeding oh my gosh I was literally obsessed obsessed with breastfeeding pumping and actually I've seen Nano Baby popping up all the time on Instagram because it has such a unique design and basically you can pump directly into the bottle all you need is an adapter and you know how I used to worry all the time about preserving the nutrients and the breast milk that I'd spent hours and hours pumping yeah well because it's that breast shape it cools down and warms up twice as fast so it keeps all the goodness in do you know what that is so important i used to really worry about that when i was um expressing with the boys i know and then if you drop any or spill any oh my god yeah. oh that's the worst <laughs> <laughs> guess who absolutely loves nano baby too hey your friend kimberly wyatt no way do you know what i actually did know this oh. and then um, it was really nice to see because um max can really get involved in feeding senna and i think any parent like it's like one of the best products you can actually use and i just wish it was available when i was um feeding the boys oh my gosh me too i literally wish it was around so whether you want to go back to work get your partner involved or just need a break it's the perfect companion for your breastfeeding journey it's available in john lewis mamas and papas and on nana baby's website